Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Our goal is to provide you with a way to listen to real conversations on work by real SLPs. We are full-time SLPs in the trenches. These are honest conversations by SLPs for SLPs. This is a podcast to discuss work, life, and taking care of ourselves in a profession full of ups and downs. I'm Sarah, SLP of 10 years, and with me is Sari. We are both speech-language pathologists who love to talk about ways to make our work life better and calmer. That's right. I'm Sari, a clinical fellow just figuring things out in my first year as a speech-language pathologist. This podcast is a place for conversations about what it's really like to work as an SLP. We hope these real-life conversations will give you ideas on how to manage stressful times in the workplace and ultimately become an even greater SLP. So, Sari, we've got some news for our listeners. Our website is now live. I'm so excited! For our listeners who'd like to check it out, go to slphappyhour.com to find some more information about this podcast, about us, and you'll also get access to Sarah's blog about SLP self-care. There's also a link to contact us with any questions, comments, concerns, and we would love to hear from you. So please use it. We would. And the blog post I wanted to mention today is called, Am I a Good SLP? It's all about a question a friend asked me once and what I wish that I'd said to her at the time. So if you need a pep talk and you need it right now, and don't we all tune in. (laughs) So again, that's slphappyhour.com and you can click on the blog link. So we are officially on break from work now. Woohoo! I'm so ready to be done. (laughs) What are you up to, Sarah? Yeah, so, you know, break is wonderful. I'm on day one of my break, um, and I'm loving it so far, but the transition to get there was so rough, especially towards the end. So I feel like my workload was manageable, and then, you know, the 48 hours before break, there were tons of putting out fires, doing last-minute paperwork, and doing some tough love communication that was really draining. So... I had so much work those last two days. I actually just walked away from my desk and left a huge mess with papers everywhere, uh, which isn't like me. I mean, my desk is messy and it tends to get messy, but I typically like to put away, put things away before the break. So they'll be tidy when I come back. Right. And this time I just needed to be done and walk away. And honestly, it was hard to concentrate after too long really intense days, really focused on work, I needed to just walk away and be done. Um, I wasn't going to be productive. um, So I didn't stay and clean my desk. I left a mess. And I think it was the right call, but I'll let you know for sure when I get back and I have a paperwork mess to deal with on my desk, I might feel differently later. (laughs) Yeah, for me, it was um, really, really busy um, right up until the end. So on that, that Friday before break started, it was like a shock at the end of the day. For, for, and it was still a shock the next day, too, that I didn't have to go into work because it was just so busy. Is it always like that? Yeah. So it sounds like it was almost you weren't able to like anticipate the excitement of break because things were so I busy that all of a sudden it. you just weren't going to work anymore, right? right. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and I spent like the weekend right after like just sitting on the couch and not knowing what to do with myself. Because... Right. 
<laughs> it was a whole new type of shock right. to the system. I'm glad you said that because I think that's really typical is um, on a break, you typically need a day or two or three to just zone out and be a vegetable and do whatever you need to do to kind of detox from, from your time. And, um, and also to not judge yourself for that. I think, you know, like you have permission to be lazy for a few days, especially when break just starts because it takes time to get your brain out of that. Go, go, go really intense work mode and into like vacation mode and family time mode. So that's That's definitely a transition. So last podcast, we checked in with a self-care challenge and our challenge was to practice saying no and to say it right away. So of course we don't have to say no to everything. And the idea is to figure out ahead of time what you're agreeing to, if you actually have time to do it, and then if it's a priority for you. So when it's time to say no, we encouraged you to make it short and sweet without any excuses and to say it right away. Sari, how did the challenge go for you? Did you get asked to do anything um, that you needed to say no to? I did, but it, it wasn't so much a hard no as it was a not right now. I was asked to make a customized photo schedule for a student with the expectation to have it all developed, laminated, and ready to go in two days. And I am happy to help with this, but in addition to regular therapy sessions, it was progress report week, and I had a handful of evaluations um, that I had to complete and write up, so my prep time was pretty much gone. And basically, that's what I explained to the person, that I'd be happy to help, but I wouldn't be able to get it to them right away because of all of those things, and they were perfectly fine with that. Yeah. First of all, I love that you brought up that example because I do think now that you mention it, it is more common for me to say not right now than a flat out no. Mm -hmm. So I usually can get to requests, but it will take longer than people think. As for saying no, it's been hard for me to know what to say yes to and what to say no to lately. Um, I, I had a few opportunities to take things on lately that I didn't know what to do with. And I was grateful for the opportunities, but didn't know if I should say yes or no. And I do think it's one thing when it's an easy no, but it's another thing when we really have to think about priorities and values. And it can actually be pretty murky as to whether we should say yes or no to something. Right. Yeah. It's not always clear cut. Sometimes it can be quite the debate on whether or not to say yes or no. Sometimes we really want to do something because it sounds fun, but it's an additional stress and we may not realize or be planning for that. So you have to kind of weigh out the additional stress of taking something on with the excitement that you feel about doing it. Mm -hmm. And I had the chance um, or the opportunity lately to take on some extra work hours and I, I just knew that I didn't have the time, but I still sort of started, you know, initiating the communication process to talk about it and to see if I could do it. And you know what happened? Thankfully, thankfully, it fizzled out on its own. Oh. So I, I didn't need to say no. And I was so relieved when that happened. So I learned a really important lesson, which is that 
no, I don't want to take on more work hours right now. <laughs> but it's surprising how long you can go down the rabbit hole of new opportunities before the obvious, uh, which is, you know, you can't do this right now, smacks you right in the face. <laughs> so it's really also jarring to realize how much you didn't want to do something uh, when it gets taken off your plate. And instead of feeling disappointed, you feel wonderful and energized and relieved. Boy, can I relate to that. We should shelf this topic and really dig into it in a future post because it might be worth exploring how we can identify what we want to say yes and no to because it's not always clear cut like we said. And we may not even realize how much our stress level is impacted when we say yes to something, even if we are interested and want to take advantage of an opportunity. It could be helpful to have some strategies to help monitor this so we don't find ourselves on the day of the event actually dreading to go to it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, I feel like in some ways I'm the queen of saying no, but I slip up sometimes too. So we really need to um, focus on what our values are and that will help. And also, what do we want to spend our time on? Um, and that'll help us. So when I look at my schedule... Um, you know, when I looked at my schedule with this opportunity, it got kind of crystal clear to me. So there's a quote around the internet and it says opportunities are just distractions. Mm -hmm. And I think they are in a lot of cases because we have a finite amount of time and it's important to treat time as a precious resource. And in general, I think I can tend to get distracted when opportunities come along because they sound so good, right? But there's that quote again, that opportunities are distractions, especially when you don't have time for them, or you want to prioritize that time elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So there are times when all of us have more time versus less time, and it's important to know where we're at so we can know if whether or not we want to give away our time. So true. Time is valuable, and that fact is easy to forget. In this position, it can be all too easy to give away our time without a second thought, to help out or stay late, so we have to be careful about how we allocate our time and share it. I agree, and I guess for me it was just shiny object syndrome this week, <laughs> and I'm thankful I didn't end up committing to something that I didn't have time for and that I didn't want to do. And I think this is a great transition to our next topic because time and stress are so connected, mm -hmm. more so than I think I've realized in the past. And I've learned the hard way about that. So although it would have been a harder lesson um, had this opportunity fallen through and I'd agreed to this commitment, uh, thankfully, this was an easy lesson for me this week. Uh, so in this episode, we're going to dig into the connection between stress and time. All right, let's do it. Next segment, we're talking stress because feeling overwhelmed is unfortunately something that all SLPs experience at some time or another. But is there anything we can do about it? So it's something that we've been talking about in our work lives lately, and it's a conversation we wanted to share with you. So this segment is called From the Speech Room Of. Since as SLPs, we sometimes shut the speech room door to hunker down and work, it's nice to hear how other SLPs are dealing with their work life mm -hmm. and to learn what we can from them. So in our speech rooms right now, 
we are talking stress, and we want to let you in on the conversation. So first, let's lay the groundwork and define the problem. Workplace stress is huge, and every workplace has it. So our topic today is SLP overwhelm. It's a heavy topic, but I think we have a lot of go-to helpful advice in store. I, for one, have really been looking forward to this topic because we can all relate to it. But I want to point out that we're going to focus on how to manage and problem-solve these issues rather than on the issues themselves. Uh, As SLPs, I think we can all relate to not feeling fully prepared for the stress level of this job. I got a big shock trying to manage everything this fall in my first year, and it continues to be a struggle, but I'm learning how to effectively manage it. In the schools, no one has enough time to go around, so everything always seems really urgent, and that leads to stress, as does the paperwork. Mm -hmm. I've also worked in the schools as an employee and as a contractor, and I've run into those issues too, Sari. And I've also worked in private practice where insurance billing and reimbursement and keeping up with all those details can be really stressful. And I've worked in telepractice where technology can backfire, which is certainly stressful because you have no control of it sometimes, or where school staff doesn't know you and trust you yet because you're working remotely. Right. The reason we're explaining these situations is just to make a point that all settings have stressors and that can cause a feeling of overwhelm and no setting is immune. And that's something I want to say to other SLP newbies because it's important to hear. All settings can be overwhelming at times. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I'll say this from experience. Some settings have significantly more stress than others. Mm-hmm. But even so, we've all got it, it being the at times overwhelming stress. So let's deal with it. So I wanted to share a quote I loved from a recent podcast. The podcast is called On Being. It's one I really enjoy. And it was an interview with Irish poet and philosopher John O'Donohue. And this podcast will be linked to in the show notes if you'd like to listen to it. So here's the quote. He says, but for me, philosophically, stress is a perverted relationship to time. So that rather than being a subject of your own time, you have become its target and victim. And time has become routine. So at the end of the day, you probably haven't had a true moment to yourself and to relax and just be. So I'm going to repeat snippets of it so you can hear it and soak it in. So here are are the elements. First, stress is a perverted relationship to time. You are the victim of your time and you don't give any of it to yourself and you don't allow yourself to just be in time. It's so true. We're always rushing between deadlines, especially in this field. We run our lives according to these times and rush to get things done in between the due dates and deadlines. And it's challenging to not have that deadline looming in your mind. What's next? What do I need to do next? And that can be hard to let go, to be in the moment, both when we're working and when we're not. Mm -hmm. I agree. This impacts not just our workday, but our home time as well. So yeah, it's about reclaiming our time. So whether it's a mini moment to step outside and take a breath or look at a beautiful picture or more. So what can we do about this feeling of stress and not having enough time? 
I thought it might help if we share several ideas that have worked for us. And they aren't idealized ideas, but they're actual practical ideas we've tried and liked. Well, it always makes me feel better to have a plan of action. Efficient scheduling and time management decrease stress. And I like to use my work email calendar and have it linked to my phone so I can always check what I, what I have coming up next in the next couple of weeks and plan ahead for it. Um, that way I'm not panicked later. I also try to make sure that I have some time in there. And this can be the part that I forget for things that come up unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Yes, those unexpected things. Yes. One mentor told me, Always have IEPs written one week ahead. And I think that works for all paperwork. Um, I don't always do it, but I try. And there are always surprises. And it does feel good to just have it done and not scramble, at least whenever that's possible. So knowing when those deadlines are coming up and taking care of it early is a huge help. And I'm a big scheduling person, too. When I feel overwhelmed, I add time to do specific tasks into my calendar, or I schedule some extra work time into my calendar so I know when I'll be doing those tasks. And I just feel like, hey, I don't need to worry about this right now. It's in my schedule for later, and it does help my stress in that moment. I do want to mention that what works for one person might not work for someone else. So someone else may need a prioritized to-do list instead of a work day or a check email day or afternoon like I do sometimes. So there's lots of tricks out there and none of them will work for everyone. That's true too. I know what works for me doesn't work for everyone else. And I'm also a big lister. Uh, One of the things that I like to do is use Excel a lot to track my paperwork dates and data, but I'm kind of an Excel junkie and I know this is not for everyone either. Um, Then uh, some other simple things that I do are are like using a whiteboard or paper calendar in my room to track things like meetings, paperwork deadlines, etc. So everyone out there listening, you do you. Do what works for you. Yeah. And no matter who you are, first we need to do one thing. And if you don't hear anything else in this podcast, please hear this. Recognize when you don't have enough time. Get your head up and out and over your work and look around. So zoom out, way out, and look at what you have to do. Do you really have time? If the answer is no, and it very well might be, be honest about it. And once you've realized that you don't have enough time, you can start to troubleshoot and ask for help if you need it. In a previous episode, Sarah and I talked about ways to ask for help And the importance of acknowledging when you need help and time can be a huge factor in that need for some assistance because you simply don't have time to do it all. It's uh, episode two if you'd like to re-listen or check it out for the first time. We'll have a link in the show notes. We have a tendency as SLPs to think we have to do it all even when there isn't enough time. Mm -hmm. So we can't do it all. Uh, We have to prioritize and we have to prioritize every single day. So, and you know what? We have to, we all have to clear our schedules sometimes. And zooming out even further, there are jobs where you cannot fulfill the job requirements. There's just never, ever enough time. 
and maybe you've tried to create boundaries, you've communicated what you need, and it just can't be done. That's when you need to decide if you're the victim of your job, if you're the martyr of your job or not. And if not, you need to rewrite your own story. We are all about action in this podcast. And honestly, I have limited patience for SLPs who are clearly unhappy and tell me the job they're in is their only option. Life is too short to be miserable 40 plus hours a week. You are a friggin' SLP. There are always options for you. There are always job postings, but you may need to try a new setting. And even if you work somewhere where the market is saturated or a rural area with few options, there are always contract companies or telepractice options where you can literally work from anywhere with a fast internet connection. Or you can start your own business. And I say this from experience. I've done quite a few switches in my career. And if you want to listen to a story about me quitting my first job, which was not easy, Mm -hmm. uh, listen to episode five. Um, Also, I'm working on a podcast about switching job settings and how to do it. So that will be coming down the hatch really soon for you. Mm -hmm. To summarize, and this is important, you are writing your own story. And if you continue to stay in a job that is untenable, you are writing yourself in as the victim of your own story. So that is serious. And it's kind of a reverse pep talk, but it's important. Uh, what do you think, Sari? I, I think that it can be hard and scary to change jobs. And the longer you're in a position, the harder it can be to leave if it's not a healthy workplace. But time is precious and the time you give to your career is valuable and it shouldn't be toxic. I will say that if you're in a job that you don't want to necessarily leave, but you're not happy doing it anymore, the question then becomes, what can you do to turn it into a job that you want? Then it becomes about advocacy, not just for you and your current job, but also for any future SLPs who may work with you or follow in your place. And for the clients and patients that you serve, who will get better quality services from a happier SLP. Mm -hmm. So advocate for your position because there's nothing more frustrating than leaving a job because they didn't offer you certain things and then having them post it for a new hire with all of the things that you wish you'd had when you were there. Yeah. Sari, I'm really impressed by you because it has in the past taken me years to quit a job And it's felt like a personal failing. And I feel like you are early on in your career and you already have a better outlook on this than I did when I was in your position. I felt so guilty and like it was my fault if um, a job wasn't workable for me. And you have a much healthier outlook in your first year than I did in mine. And I do want to acknowledge you for that because I think you're starting off on the right foot. So now for me, I have changed quite a bit. I consider quitting not a failure, but a success. I've never, ever regretted quitting a job. It's a lot easier for me now. Right. I I consider it taking a step towards something better and, and really as progress. So if you've got a job where it is possible to get it done, but you're just going through a season of hustle where... It doesn't seem like you have enough time. Here are three suggestions that we try. And 
That said, no amount of taking care of ourselves will change a hustle season. It's just going to be hard and you'll probably come home exhausted and you might feel overwhelmed or that it all won't get done. So go easy on yourself and do what you can. And so here are a few things to try to incorporate into hustle season, which is a short period of time where you just really need to dig deep and get stuff done. So the first one is let yourself off the hook. When work is busy, I'm guessing your life is busy too. And either that or work is so busy that you might just want to rest once you get home in the evening. That's me. Yeah, that's me. That's me too. Right there with you. So here's the thing. We can't expect the same amount of energy output from ourselves um, in the evening um, when things are calm versus when things are busy, right? That's going to ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. So before I get too far into this, I do want to say we're going to talk about periods of rest. And this is, you know, about a week or two when things are really busy. And if it lasts longer than that, it's a different deal. And that can happen too. I think it's happened to all of us. And if that's your case now, reach out to someone and don't don't do it on your own. But for these temporary times of busyness and stress, here's the thing. You'll have to let some things go. Maybe it's a task. Maybe it's an appointment. If you need to cancel things and do them later and they aren't urgent and that helps you, go for it. Right. But I just have to say that what can be equally true is that sometimes you have to or should take time off to make those appointments. For the past uh, few years, I, I did the most to schedule my doctor's appointments around my work schedule And now I have this outrageous amount of sick leave that I haven't used. And this year, it just kind of hit me that I was actually putting my own health second to my work. So this year, I've been scheduling my appointments as I've needed them and have used that sick leave for what it's for to go to those appointments, even if I'm busy. So my health comes first. But I see where you're going with this. Identify the extra busy things and make some cuts to lessen your stress load. They say the opposite of a truth is also true, and this is a good example. So there are times when life gets busy and you will need to cancel appointments or cancel you know, things you've promised to do. And there are other right. times when you need to cancel work and make those appointments happen. Right. And that's why I appreciate having a co-host. So, Sarah, you keep me honest. So, yes, both those things are equally true. So you need to listen in and figure out which season you're in and what you need to do next. The idea of making an appointment day is really important because what you're saying is that your health is more important than your job. And I would agree with that. So in times of stress... Try your best to continue whatever healthy habits you already have, eating well, sleep, exercise. But even your exercise may either be easier, like less impact and more gentle, or shorter, as in fewer minutes. Um, And this isn't to make excuses, but it's meant to be very real about honoring your current energy level. Mm -hmm. And so... For me, when things get very busy, I'm also less likely to respond to emails and texts. If things seem urgent, I'll just let that person know when they can expect to hear from me and that things are busy. Your family and friends love you and they support you. 
And they need to understand that sometimes things get that way. Mm -hmm. But that said, you need to make sure and take very good care of your loved ones whenever you can so it doesn't become a one-sided relationship. So again, you might not send out birthday cards or run that errand. And your house or apartment might not be as clean as it normally is when you're in your hustle season, at least for most of us. So cut yourself some slack. Man, I have this giant basket of unfolded laundry just sitting in my house. I still haven't gotten to it after right. that busy break week. But I'm on break now. I'll take care of it today. Right. And it will get folded. And if it doesn't, <laughs> like, you're, you'll survive, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're talking about cutting yourself some slack, especially around housework. But alternatively, doing small bite-sized tasks mm-hmm. can feel really great during those times. So folding that laundry basket, I mean, that's going to feel good when it's done, right? <laughs> it will. Yes. Yeah. Check. Yes. So um, you could set a timer for 30 minutes and just tackle, for me, it's my bill-paying desk mm-hmm. or clean your office. So make it small and doable so you can feel successful and feel a sense of accomplishment because um, making progress on a bite-sized task feels so good when things are busy. Also, make small bite-sized relationship connections. So that could be a scheduled phone call. If someone knows a time to expect your call, you're more likely to do it. So all the better. Or someone who knows that you're going to meet them at a certain place for dinner one Thursday a month. When things get overwhelming, keep doing things to spend time in relationships and in your home life, but make sure it's in a way that feels easy and doable and successful for you. So another example would be just watching one TV show after dinner with your partner a few times a week. So you're conserving energy and it's okay, um, but don't fall off the map if you can help it. Right. When things are incredibly busy, your self-care might look different. So you might do your hobbies less often. You might be social even more or even less. Uh, Instead, you might rest, read, sleep, watch your favorite TV show even more. And this is all okay. So... I've said it before, but you get to do what you need to do in order to sustain yourself in this profession. Right. And and since we're talking about different things that work for different people, you may be someone who needs to get out of the house and who needs to do social things when times are stressful or who needs to go to that exercise class. The trick is to know what works for you and keep yourself accountable. No matter what, if you enjoy the profession and want to stay in it, you're going to have to get very good at taking excellent care of yourself and cutting yourself some slack. Absolutely. We get a bad rap from people who say, oh, you just get to play games all day, which is completely untrue. Mm -hmm. This job can be really fun, but it can also be really stressful. And we have to focus to sustain our well-being and cut ourselves a little slack during the busy season. Mm -hmm. And that leads perfectly to tip number two. Tip number two is reconnect with time. So I try my best to improve my relationship with time during these stressful seasons. So that may mean taking a short break or setting a meditation timer. I'll link to the meditation app I use in the show notes, which is on our website. And yes, I do meditate at work. So I'm an inconsistent meditator. I'm working on doing it more, but I 
do try for at least three to four times weekly. And it's just for 10 minutes. I never go longer because <laughs> I can't. Uh, but when I do it five or more times a week, I do notice a huge difference in my sort of mental and physical energy all week long. So I am working on getting there. That's my current goal. Um, I also am staying accountable on Instagram. So if you want to follow SLP Happy Hour on Instagram, you'll see how often I'm meditating. Uh, <laughs> and I do encourage you to take time off or take fake time off, which is planning an evening or a weekend day where you're not actually cutting out from work, but you're doing an activity that will totally get your mind mm -hmm. off work. And it should be an event or travel uh, where you just won't think about your job. I'd argue that in hustle season, it's the time you most need to take a bit of time off, even if it's just um, doing a day trip on a weekend or doing an evening meetup with friends that'll get your mind off work. Work will suck you in. So the idea is to reclaim your time when you're not at work and just do something totally different. So I'd also like to note that if you're sick, don't go to work. Don't even think about it. Not only because you'd be putting your patients and students at risk, sometimes very serious risk, but also because you need to take care of yourself. And that is exactly what sick days are for. Wait, sick days are for taking when you're sick and not hoarding and saving up? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's true. When I used to work in an office setting where I didn't have a lot of direct contact with other people, I mainly worked on database management at my previous job, and I would sit at my desk and just power through my little flu bugs all of the time because I hated falling behind, but I always, always either made it worse or prolonged getting better. And I want to add, I don't get sick days, so sick days are unpaid oh, for me, right. which sucks. But I do take them or try to work ahead. Good. So if I take time off because I'm sick, my hours aren't really under for that week. So no excuses for those of you who don't have sick days because I am right there with you. Right. Good. Yeah. So I, let's just review really quickly. Point one was to let yourself off the hook. Two, reconnect with time. Let's move on to three. Okay. So on to number three. Number three, write down how long tasks take and schedule them out. This one doesn't work for everyone, but it's putting your essential tasks on your calendar, including how long you think they'll take. So an example would be writing an evaluation report 30 minutes or evaluation report one hour and then mm -hmm. putting that into your schedule. So this is helpful for several reasons. Um... One is that we can overestimate time, especially when things are busy, which makes you want to give up. Like, oh, I have those four evaluation reports to write. It's going to take me two days. There's no way I can get it done. And then you feel overwhelmed. Um, but also on the other side, sometimes um, scheduling things out with an estimated this is how long it's going to take and putting it on your schedule will make you realize that you need to not do all those tasks and give up some of the things that are on your list. So also uh, writing down what you need to do and how long each task takes um, will reduce stress. So when you see your schedule, you'll know when your dedicated work time is. And 
Remember during those times you aren't checking email or responding to other people's requests. It's your dedicated work time. Mm -hmm. And you know exactly what you're doing during that dedicated work time. And finally, a reason to write down how long things are going to take on your to-do list or on your schedule is because tasks tend to expand to the length of time you have available to do them. It's true. So scheduling things out will help you work faster. Mm -hmm. The idea here is by looking at your calendar and knowing exactly when you'll be doing tasks, you'll feel less stress about the impending hustle time. So... I know being this scheduled doesn't work for everyone, but if you can at least make a list that works for you and block out some paperwork time, you'll feel much better. And guard that time. Don't let others step on it. Yeah. It's hard. When I've worked in schools where I'm constantly interrupted, I would sometimes... Uh, ask a teacher if I can put headphones on and work in their classroom if it's a teacher I'm close to. And the point is they aren't going to blab blab about where you are and you can just type away without interruption. Um, I've also gotten into work way early so I can just get stuff done. And again, this is your hustle time. It's not for every day. So thankfully now my work settings mean I get interrupted a lot less. But wherever you are, it's possible to find more of that time if you really are looking for it. So I work at three different schools and at two of them I am constantly getting interrupted but the other one I can find solace in. (laughs) I have my own little office there and the phone in there is not my main extension because I'm mostly based out of one of the other schools so it hardly rings. Actually it never rings unless I tell someone to specifically call me there. Um, And when I need to get paperwork done, like progress reports, I've tried to schedule myself there so I won't get interrupted. So yes, trying to plan ahead for busy work to schedule it when you won't get interrupted and find out how to put your phone on do not disturb if possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I love that you've identified that quiet workspace and you know where it is because that is important. And I've even, when I worked in schools, put a note on my door that says, do not disturb, email me with requests, I'm on a phone meeting. And I use that sparingly, but I definitely did that maybe right before an IEP day or during progress report time when I really couldn't get my work done if I was interrupted. Um, Now, when I really need to focus, I do put my phone on Do Not Disturb. I love Do Not Disturb. I think my phone is mostly on Do Not Disturb all the time. Um, And I don't check or answer email during that work time. And I try to put my phones in another room or a drawer turned on to Do Not Disturb so that I can't see the flashing notification light. Mm -hmm. Or on airplanes, Because you won't get any flashes or dings or notifications at all if you're on airplanes. So that's for the very serious work time, right? So on to number four. And this relates to finding one huge priority. A priority worth turning those phones off for and putting that do not enter sign on your door for. (laughs) So tip number four, have a top priority and be merciless about getting it done. Uh, I usually try for three top priorities for the day when things are really busy, and I kind of don't worry about the rest until those three things get done. So the reason I like having a top priority or three top priorities 
um, and I write those down the night before or the day before, um, is it teaches you the idea that you'll have to let some things go. It will help you do the absolutely most essential tasks first. Mm -hmm. And then it'll help you get essential things done first. And whenever possible, it'll remind you that the other things need to wait. Top priority. Yes. Okay, so here's a school example. I had a parent ask me to send them the photo cues that I use with their child at school. But I had put all the pictures into... What I had to do is put all the pictures into a Word document because I put them in BoardMaker and I couldn't send the file in BoardMaker to the mom. And if you are a listener who knows how to convert a BoardMaker file into Word really easily, or even a PDF, please email me and let me know. <laughs> and uh, so I had this request, and then I also had to amend an IEP to update a student's goals because they just met them and needed new ones. And I also had to complete a part of another IEP for a meeting at the end of the week. So here's how I prioritized it. I did the IEP meeting first um, because even though it was at the end of the week, it's a federally mandated due date. And once that was done, I completed the amendment to the other IEP, updated the goals, because again, it's federal documentation and the student will need new objectives to work towards during the speech, um, the following speech week. And then I created and sent the picture cues to the student's parent to start using at home. Yeah, I've also put photos into Word documents for parents. Uh, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and if anyone knows how to do that and wants to help Sari out, our email is slphappyhour at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram. That'd be very helpful. Yes, because I, I don't know how to do it either. Um <laughs> So I agree. Yes. If something has a deadline, that makes it go up on the priority list. Mm -hmm. So, but also if something is just plain important and doesn't have a deadline around it, um, make sure that's on your list too. So now that we've got some tips for your hustle season ready to go, we hope you try some of them. And if you do, let us know by filling out our contact form on our website or emailing us. And all the information is up on our new website, slphappyhour.com. We really love to hear from listeners and we are recording these for you because we want to help you. So if you try something out that works for you that we've talked about in the podcast, let us know about it. Next up, we're talking work mantras. What are they and why should you have one? So, Sari, I know I've got a work mantra. Uh, what is a work mantra to you? What does that mean and do you have one? Uh, so a, a mantra is a phrase or saying that you repeat to yourself to help you get through the day. And I don't actually have a work mantra right now. You know what, though? We actually have kind of an accidental podcast mantra before we, we before we record um there was actually it happened the first day we, we recorded um we got the pre-recording jitters and some of uh our listeners may have noticed the outtakes at the end of some of our episodes where we basically just get into giggling fits <laughs> hilarious <laughs> anyway we just started taking deep breath and saying that the purpose for this podcast is to empower SLPs everywhere. And 
It was just a quick thought to remind us why we're doing this. And when we're feeling nervous, we kind of have started reciting it and we've started saying it before we start recording any podcast, empowering SLPs everywhere. So that's our podcast mantra. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't intentional. I don't know uh, how we came up with it, but we just started saying it. (laughs) And it really does work Mm -hmm. uh, when when we're distracted or nervous or we kind of get into a giggling fit. Um, It's just, it's kind of centering. So Mm -hmm. I do have a work mantra because I feel like it refocuses me when things get really busy and hard. And it is a fairly recent thing for me, but it's been really helpful. So having a mantra reminds me of what I value and what's important to me. And it's just a quick recentering thought for when you don't have much time. And it's actually a perfect topic for today since today's episode is all about stress and time. That makes sense. So knowing that this topic was coming up, I looked up some work mantras and quotes online and I found some that I liked and I'll share them. This first one's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. It says, what lies behind you and what lies in front of you pales in comparison to what lies inside you. Mm, I'm I'm an Emerson fan and I haven't heard that one before. I love it. This next one uh, is from Charles Swindle. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. (laughs) Unless you have a bad job fit and then it's not you. It's 90% the job, right? (laughs) Exactly. But also, if it is a bad job, how do you respond to that? What are you doing about it? Taking action and taking names, right? (laughs) Yes, here, here. Happiness is not something that you postpone for the future. It is something that you design for the present. That one's by Jim Ron. This one's from George Eliot. It is never too late to be what you might have been. And then a little funny one. I found this on one of those little comics from your cards after Googling it. And it said, sometimes the best part of my workday is my swivel chair. (laughs) Yeah, my favorite funny one is uh, a speech-language pathology meme, and it says, I'm in it for the money, power, and fame. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These funny ones are good. They just make you laugh, and sometimes that's all you need. That's true. That's true. So did going online help you find a work mantra, or are there front runners for you? I actually really like the one from Charles Swindle, that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. I like it in particular because it's so empowering. If something bad happens, we have the power to make it better or worse by what we do about it. Yeah, or life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how much you dwell on it, right? (laughs) Or is that just me? (laughs) Oh boy, is that the truth. We are like-minded for sure. Part of why I really like that Charles Swindle quote is that a lot of times we can become the victims of our circumstances and dwell on how difficult things are without doing anything to make it better. But there's always another option, always, and you have the power to make it better one way or another. I think if listeners are working towards finding their own work mantras, looking online can be helpful. Mm -hmm. Or just think about this, how do you want to feel during your workday? So my work mantra and how I want to feel is calm, and capable. Mm. 
I don't want the chaos of what's happening around me to impact my internal landscape. And I also don't want to spend time questioning what I do, which I found is a waste of time. And as SLPs, I think nearly all of us know way more than we think we do, and we just need to get to work. (laughs) So yes, I read research and make sure what I'm doing is research-based, but at some point, you just have to stop reading and get to work. So the capable part is reminding myself that, you know, I am well-trained for this, and I know what I'm doing, even when it doesn't always feel that way. With each day, this CF year, I'm becoming more and more confident in myself, too. I just remembered that I have this sticky note in my car, and it's one of those little tab sticky notes from a packet of decorative stickies that my former boss gave me, and it has a phrase on it that says simply, love what you do. At the time I read it, it resonated with me, and I put it in my car next to the steering wheel to remind me every day to live my life in a way that brings me joy, both at work and in my personal life. So I guess I do have a mantra, and others can feel free to use it too. Love what you do. The end. That's definitely a work mantra. And if you aren't loving it, try to change it. And if you can't change it and you still don't love it, think about not doing it anymore, right? Absolutely. Let's move on to your self-care challenge this week, and it's to create your own work mantra. Again, this lines up with your work values, but also how you want to feel during your workday. It can be serious. It can be funny, so it'll just snap you out of the moment. It can be a centering thought. What works for you works for you, so get to it. Try Googling. Use one of ours if it's meaningful to you, and consider writing it down and putting it somewhere you'll see it every day. Words have power, as we SLPs know, maybe more than any other profession, and work mantras are powerful words that we can use to help us focus on what's important to us during the day. So there you have it for this episode of the SLP Happy Hour podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you're a new SLP or an SLP-to-be, we hope this episode gave you a good snapshot of what it's really like to be an SLP. If you're a longtime SLP, we hope this podcast was helpful and that you feel more connected and empowered by listening today. Let's figure this out together. By sharing our experiences and perspectives, we can become more connected to each other and more forgiving of ourselves. Let's navigate through the thorny issues together. As we do, remember you already know what you need to know to be an awesome SLP. You are already as caring as you need to be to be an awesome SLP. This has been the fourth episode of the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Next episode will be a solo episode where Sarah talks about when self-care doesn't feel good. That'll be episode five. Episode six, we'll be back to co-hosting again, and we'll talk about how to not... Let your inbox ruin your life. That's right. We are talking email. It can be a drain on happiness for many SLPs, so we tried some tricks to bring some calm into our inboxes, and we'll let you know how it went. We hope you also choose to accept our self-care challenge from this podcast. Find your work mantra. We hope the SLP wisdom of understanding the connection between stress and time adds some calm to your work week.
If you like the show, you can support us in several ways. One, subscribe so that you can keep getting these podcasts as new episodes come out. Two, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps a ton, and we really appreciate these reviews. And three, share this podcast with a friend who needs to know about it. If you know someone who might like this podcast but doesn't know how to subscribe, show them. And four, feel free to connect with us by finding us on Instagram, SLP Happy Hour, or visit us online at slphappyhour.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and that this has been a little slice of an SLP Happy Hour for you. We've enjoyed recording it. Until next time. Empowering SLPs everywhere. Empowering SLPs everywhere. Empowering SLPs everywhere. And four, feel free to connect with us by finding us on Instagram, SLP Happy Hour, our hop on, oops, and four, feel free to connect with us by finding us on Instagram, SLP Happy Hour, or hop on, Oh man, why is this so hard? Visit, visit our website. <laughs> four. <clears throat> and four, feel free to connect with us by finding us on Instagram, SLP Happy Hour. Or hop on over to our website, SLP Happy Hour. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I broke it. I broke it. That was my bad. That was totally my fault. That was totally my fault. I'm so glad. I accept full responsibility for that breakdown. <laughs> You're doing awesome. Okay. Just or go to our website. We can do this. Just go to our website. Just go. SLPHappyHour.com. <laughs> and four. And four. Feel free to connect with us by finding us on Instagram, SLP Happy Hour. <laughs> I think you just have to. I can't say it. Okay. <laughs> just say visit. Change it to visit. Or visit. Or online at. How about. Or. No hopping. We don't hop. We all hop to websites in series world. <laughs> There's no skipping. No jumping. Don't jump. Walk there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't power walk. <clears throat> I'm, I'm I might need you to say four. No, I can do this. I'm okay. going to move <clears throat> because I'm breaking you. This is my fault. Okay. And four, feel free to connect with us by finding us on Instagram, SLP Happy Hour, or visit us online at slphappyhour.com. We hope you enjoyed the show. And that this has been a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. We've enjoyed recording it. Until next time. <laughs>